Musicians, independent artists specifically, but even major label artists are now being put in this situation where you have to be a good content marketer and you have to be a good brand manager and you have to basically use the tools available to you through social media to amplify your voice, amplify your platform, create buzz around your music, ways to do that. And it's ever changing. Podcast. My name is Nico Santana, your gracious host, and this podcast episode is sponsored by the good folks over at DistroKid, distrokid.com, being the best platform, in my opinion, to get your music out to the world, for the world to hear, with over 150 digital streaming platforms that you can get your music into using DistroKid. You can also use their features to market and promote yourself and your music. Go ahead and check them out. I'll talk more about them in just a moment here. But today is episode 14. This episode, rather, is episode 14. Season two, by the way. So I'm breaking these into different seasons. Uh, season one consisted of seven episodes. Season two will also consist of these seven episodes. And much like season one, I ended my season with a just kind of one-on-one um, interaction with the audience, with you guys, right? The people here making it possible and listening to the Music Printer podcast. And I'll be honest, this podcast has taken a life of its own. It certainly has come with its challenges and challenges that I did not expect to have very early on. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that, starting your own podcast, kind of going through that journey yourself if you're ever interested in that. And in the larger umbrella of things, even the content creation side of the house, right? Because musicians, independent artists specifically, but even major label artists are now being uh, put in this situation where you have to be a good content marketer and you have to be a good brand manager and you have to basically use the tools available to you through social media to amplify your voice, amplify your platform, create buzz around your music, ways to do that. And it's ever-changing. It's really not stagnant. It's something that you have to be creatively engaging with, finding solutions to um, basically algorithmic changes, and um, even tailoring your content depending on the platform. So let's talk about a little bit about that here. But I've had some amazing guests this season, uh, and even through the start of the podcast, that have spoken into how they use social media to interact with their audiences. Uh, I mentioned before, um, Joey Calderayo has used Facebook groups to interact with his audience specifically. Our last guest, Matt McLeod, he uses Facebook, his own personal page, to showcase his talents, to showcase his music, to showcase the kind of his overall brand. And he's been uh, crushing it on TikTok as well. My boy, Javi Cruz, who's been a regular on this podcast, also used, uses TikTok and has used um YouTube and of course, you know, Instagram, all that good stuff. So the, the, the thing about it is, and again, I'm not here to provide answers. I'm here to kind of just have this conversation with you guys is that you have to be consistent and it's tough and it's challenging. Here's why content creation in and of itself requires creativity to be able to put out continuous content is not easy. And so when you're depleting yourself of that creative kind of fuel, if you will, you're probably not doing um, 
or, or putting enough into your music, into um, maybe your branding. Um, and so it's, I think it's just important to recognize that, at least for myself, I know that I've run into the challenge of what's my next video gonna be about, especially on my main YouTube channel. Here, it's a little bit easier, it's a little bit more low key, uh, less produced, although I try to make it high production value as well. And I find myself being challenged, and honestly, with the podcast, it's been a challenge because number one, you know, um, I'm managing the podcast, I'm producing the podcast, I'm getting it, you know, distributed, uh, I'm coming up with the topics, uh, you know, having to edit all that stuff, shoot, edit, coordinate, produce, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then by the end of it, I find myself not wanting to do another video on my main YouTube channel, but I got to keep that up too, right? And now that I'm more on the content creation space and less on the music side, I definitely have seen a sharp decline in my ability to really switch those gears to make music when that opportunity comes available. So a few things that I'm personally working on, I'm trying to kind of rev back up my music production and my music creation um, side of the brand, if you will, and doing so with a couple uh, previously uh, made known publicly partners that have uh, produced some songs for um, licensing purposes. And so doing that and then also with... Um, with a group that I've been working with for forever, Foundation, coming together to make some new music. And then, of course, my regular friends and collaborators who've been, you know, wanting to make music and just making time for that as well. So there's like opportunities out there, but I find myself thinking about the YouTube channel, thinking about the podcast. So I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's an important challenge that we all face. I think it's important to see where, you know, we're going to put our eggs in, in what basket specifically, right? But two, I think the, the, the pressure that we put on ourselves in terms of content creation is, you know, I have to, I have to do this today for the short-term gain, for the short-term gain, like for, the, for, the, for getting that 10, 20 subscriber milestone this week or this month, whatever your cadence is, or, or making those four or five videos this, this, this month, right? Or maybe even this week, depending on how quickly you are to, to turn them out. And I think it's important to have milestones and goals and, and such, but I also think it's important to give yourself kind of A, realistic milestones, B, seeing the areas where you can't sustainably keep that up. Because if you look at small businesses and when they become profitable, I would say that most business most businesses from what I've read and what I've heard don't become profitable until like the five to 10 year mark. So for, for again, for me, and I'm just using myself as an example here since I'm kind of just talking to the camera here and just uh, talking to you guys, is that I find myself looking at these short six to 12 month sprints and I can sustain a certain pace at those six to 12 month sprints. But what about the 48th month, <laughs> the 60th month? And I think it's the same thing with music creation. Again, going back to whether or not you're releasing your creativity through content creation specifically or alone or music or both, what's the cadence that you think you can keep up with for that five to 10 year mark? And again, being realistic. And sometimes there are seasons too, right? I think we're oftentimes put in a, in a position where we feel like we have to produce like machines, but honestly, like we go through seasons where maybe this season I will focus on producing as much music or recording as much music as I can, producing as much music as I can, 
And during that that blend that plentiful period of time, that plentiful season, you just store it up, store it up for those for like the winners, right? Where you know that you're gonna not be as creatively available, maybe because you're focusing on other endeavors. Maybe you have a full time job like I do. Maybe you have a family, you know, and those very important aspects of your life can also drain your energy for for the right reasons, and you may not have the capacity to be creative all the time, day in and day out. So I've mentioned kind of the entirety of the the problem here, or rather the obstacle or the challenge or the roadblock that we as artists, as creatives, content creators, music creators face, but what's the solution? And I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But before I do, I want to talk about this specific tool that I've talked about before on DistroKid, and that's Splits. And the reason why I think it's important to bring that up again is because collaboration is key. And I'm going to segue into why this is important for both ends. Collaboration is key. Keeping long-term valuable relationships in the music industry is so crucial, man. It's so crucial. If you find good people, work with them. If you find people that are making quality music, that have the same or similar ambitions, that have that are just consistent work with them. I've worked with people in the past that are great to hang out with. They're 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 fun time to be with and they are very inconsistent with the business side of the house or maybe they're very inconsistent with making music or not shaming them rather. You know, I definitely don't expect everyone to operate in the same caliber I do, but I I don't function that way. And so finding people that work high quality are consistent are reliable to me that's important and so i've made it a point to whenever i do collaborate with people to make sure that they get their share of the profit and that's where splits comes in splits is an automated feature on DistroKid that allows you to input that person's DistroKid email or rather the email associated with their DistroKid account and they automatically get whatever percentage of royalties you guys have agreed upon beforehand um, whenever royalties are dispersed, which is typically, you know, every single month. So the great part about that is everyone gets paid. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to work at it. It's not a manual component, at least on the mechanical royalty, royalty side of the house. If you are distributing your music through DistroKid, you can give your collaborators a cut right away automatically, and you don't have to worry about that. And again, it's going back to that whole collaborative mindset, investing in other people and working with the right people that will keep that relationship um, at least intact in the in the sense of you doing the right thing when it comes to your royalty so check it out go ahead and use my discount link distrokid.com forward slash vip forward slash nico santana to take advantage of seven percent off your first year's annual membership plan this is for first-time district users or if you're opening up a brand new district account not for people who have already subscribed to district or signed up for a plan but again take advantage of that 19.99 a year i mean that's like what less than five dollars three dollars whatever it is two dollars a month so definitely take advantage of that again districtkid.com forward slash vip forward slash nico santana popping back into it so what's the solution um, and and I've, I've put a lot of thought and effort into it over the last few years so I'm, I'm kind of just spitballing here but it's it's from my own personal experience as an artist as a music creator as a content creator i think it's twofold i think accountability is huge in this remote environment Oftentimes we fail to connect with people again who will push us, who will drive us to be accountable, who will inspire us, encourage us, that sort of thing. For me, I've I've tried to keep up a, a sensible cadence of touch points with people who I know 
are like-minded in the music creation space in the sense of like they like to make music, high quality music, or they like to make videos, high quality videos. And we we talk, you know. Um, this past weekend, I met up with uh, one of the podcast guests, Ivan Calderon, who has been here before again, and who I met through DistroKid, and he has a thriving YouTube channel, he has a thriving YouTube business, but it can get lonely, and it can get challenging, and talking to him just made me realize that like sometimes we work in silos, and we need that kind of community to be able to build off of each other, to be able to talk ideas through. You know, we talked about a few things that he was, you know, kind of dealing with in his business and a few things that I was dealing with, like on my end of the world. And, you know, it just, it was helpful. It was helpful to be able to just have that informal conversation. You know, we were doing so at like a, a cigar lounge and it was, it was just a cool time. We talked about everything from non-music, non-business related to, again, driving back home to the business stuff. So again, having that kind of community around that you can rely on, that can hold you accountable. I think number two is just setting appropriate parameters for yourself. Like if, if you're not scheduling your time for content creation, if you're not scheduling your time for music creation, if you're not setting realistic goals and expectations for yourself, even just taking stock of how you use your time, I think that's probably the best use of any beginner's time in the sense of beginners of beginning to implement some sort of regular schedule. Like just take stock, like how much time you spent doing aimless stuff, doing stuff that's like just distracting that's like useless, you know, take stock of that and then see like, what can I cut down? Kind of like budgeting, right? Like some people like, you know, that aren't familiar with budgeting, spend money without really thinking about it. And then they're concerned with like, why am I in debt? Why am I in this? Like, how, how come I don't have any money to spare at the end of the month? Well, if you're not keeping track of your expenses or even your calories when you're eating, like you're not going to lose weight. You're not going to be able to save. You're not going to be able to get the things that you want to get done done. So I think it's the same thing with scheduling. So keeping track of that and then from there, formatting your schedule to accommodate for the things that are important to you, the things that you still want to do that, you know, you can, it's fine to have distractions every now and again, but just knowing exactly how you want to use your time and not letting kind of your time slip away. I think that's the secondary thing. And honestly, I should use these more often myself. And there's seasons where I'm like, spot on and seasons that I'm not on. And I think that's also important to note is like there are seasons, seasons in life, like this past six to eight week time frame for me has literally just been a grind in everything but music, everything but content creation. You know, I have a full-time job, so I've been concentrating on my career. I always do. That's like, that's the fundamental thing that keeps, you know, the lights on here. So for me, I have to, I have to put primal focus on that, primary focus on that rather. And in terms of business and, and, and revenue generating activities, but in terms of like my day to day, you know, for me, it's, it's of course my family, my relationships, my marriage, my, my children, my parents, my sister, like she came over for a week and she, you know, she was here so spending time with her, my, you know, my friends outside of work, the, the people that I, I bond with, like th those are important things and, and important aspects of my life. And if you look at people who live past, I think it's like the the typical lifespan or who, who live like 90s and, 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 and older, one of the common denominators is that they're close to family. They're close to friends. They have a tight knit community of personal interactions, people they trust, they confide in, they feel love and they can share love. And so I know that that's important for me in terms of my own mental health, in terms of my own personal health and my own personal um, development. So again, I keep that at the forefront. And then of course, you know, just with the challenges of like, 
everything that we got going on, the pressures and stuff like that. Like I gotta, I realize that there are ebbs and flows to how much energy I can um, exhibit, especially with something as energy consuming as is creativity. So all that said, you know, again, just sharing my thoughts here. Um, this is what I've been learning through the 14 episodes of the Musicpreneur podcast. We've had some highs, we've had a little bit of lows here, but it's been such a great experiment to be able to have these conversations with people on air because it gives them the ability to share not just about their life and about their story as musicians, but about who they are, what makes them tick, and also things that you can impart and take on or not take on yourself as a music creator, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's trying to either make a living off of their creativity or build something beautiful off of their creativity, which I think is probably more important, right? So anyways, guys, I appreciate you all listening here to my rambling today. Um, I definitely like to talk a lot about the subject and I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of those who like to inform themselves and listen. If you've enjoyed season two of the Music Printer podcast, I already have a couple interviews that I have with other guests that I'm hoping to release here soon for season three. I have to do some formatting changes for obvious reasons because they were recorded a few months back, but I will keep the um, episodes coming. So much love, guys. If you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to share, like, and subscribe. If you're listening on podcasting platforms, thank you all. I encourage you to visit the YouTube. And then, of course, we have an Instagram. Feel free to interact with us there. Much love, as always. Hasta la próxima. Peace.